Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello, NRL fans, and welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Welcome to another preseason pod. Super coach again. I've got Chris with me, mate. Chris, how are you? Very good, mate. How are you today, man? Very good. We've got our first bit of Super Coach 2022 that has been dropped. We've got the key positional changes. The jewels have been released. So uh, obviously you and me are keen jewel men in the draft game. So we'd love to just try and get some jewel players in to, you know, stack our roster. So this has been a very nice little read today. So I thought we'll break up into the three topics. We've got the lost jewel players, the new jewel players, and then finish off with some key positional changes. So Chris, let's dive right into it, mate. The lost jewels. This is obviously some players that were hitting some, um, you know, some good areas last year in, you know, big up a lot of size due to their flexibility, but this year will be limited. So we'll start off with probably the biggest one. It's Ben Hunt. Uh, last year was halfback hooker. He loses the hooker this year, so halfback only. How does that affect Ben Hunt in your eyes in terms of the the premier halfbacks in the comp in Supercoach? You have people who value that sort of consistent scoring aspect in the halfback positions, you know, Ben Hunt as good as it gets um, to lose something as like a hooking position, which we, we both know scores all their points through tackles. And Ben Hunt is one of the guys who loves to get in there and get, you know, gritty. Look, he's going to fall. The pecking order in regards to his values. And what about you think? Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I still think he's a very quality half option. Uh, you can definitely, you know, get some very good scores with him at halfback. But like you said, it was the, it was the hooker spot for me. It's one of those positions where you can get like you know, a, a guy who averages a 45, but Ben Hunt gives you the ability to get a, a 100. Uh, so for me, it's it's a pretty decent loss. And uh, he'll still go high in drafts, don't get me wrong. We saw last year, as soon as the run of halfback started in our comp, um, you know, I was like grabbing Mitchell Pierce in round six after all the halves got picked up. So... It's one of those ones where it's going to go early in the draft, uh, but it does hurt his his chances to get drafted very high go uh, there. But we'll go on to the next one. Zach Lomax uh, was a center wing fullback last year, loses the fullback, so he's only a center. He's still a good center option, Chris, but obviously probably won't go as high as many drafts because he hasn't got that flexibility again. Yeah, I think uh, I don't think he really hit the potential that he really did this year, um, and that's with the the sort of dual positions to sort of assist with his, um, I guess, high value. Uh, but to be honest, seeing him being used in a fullback position when you have so many good center wings, that could have worked this year. But yeah, I, I've always thought if I used Zach Lomax, there was too many good sort of fullbacks from twenty twenty one. Yeah, he's going to be stuck in the center wing, so I don't think it would affect him too much, anyways. 100%. The next one's a big one, James Fisher-Harris. He was a dual front row, second row last year. He has lost the second row, so he's only a front row. So he does turn into one of the premier options in the front row, but it does hurt because he was one, especially in Classic as well, who was able to be switched around very easily with his dual there. Yeah, I remember, I think it was Ryan who had him, uh, James Fisher-Harris, and just seeing how well he was able to move his whole but his teams were so well balanced with the, the DPPs, particularly with the front row, second front rows. I, I don't think there's too many of them this year, is there, Matt? No, and that's he was obviously one, one of the premier ones, so it's going to be interesting now to see how high he does go because, again, that flexibility to give a lot of super coaches the option there. We'll go on to, uh, for me, probably the biggest one for me is Kirk Capewell. Uh, he was a second row centre last year. 
he's lost the center is only a second row this year. So for the people who love to throw second rowers into the centers uh, like you and me, this is a pretty big one because, again, he was on Adam Reynolds' hip potentially this year in that Broncos team to be much improved. Uh, a big loss, but he will still be a, a up there second rower. Yeah, I, I recall when, you know, when John Bateman came around and, you know, all the other sort of second front row center wings, Jules, they, they're a goldmine. Like, people never really thought they would score that well, but when they, you know, get those tries, that's it. They, they can carry you over to that sort of victory. Kirk Capewell, look... <laughs> In the second front row position, yes, he does play, you know, for the Maroons, but I, I don't know. I've never been really a big fan of putting him into the second front row. Uh, maybe he'll go down a lot lower in the sort of pecking order, I guess. Yeah, 100%. A couple will breeze through here. Uh, David Mead was a center wing fullback. He's lost the fullback. Corey Oates was center wing second row. He's lost the second row. Dean Aramaya was second row fullback. He's lost the fullback. And Tane Mill was second row Center, he's lost the second row. So out of those ones there, David Mead, Corey Oates, Dean Aramia, and Tane Mill, any there that stick out to you? Uh, no, nah, not necessarily. Job security. Is he going to be starting up someone? No, wait. Xavier Coates will be coming in, so I don't think he's going to be any relevance. If it wasn't for Coates, I reckon he would have had some sort of flexibility, but no, nah, not really. Yeah, these are all fringe guys. Again, probably buy rounds or injury suspension kind of pick up. So nothing really there, but they did offer a bit of flexibility there. A couple of big ones here. Your boy, Dane Laurie, was uh, center wing fullback last year. He is only fullback now. So that. Yeah, Dane Laurie, I reckon one of the gems of my pickups. Um, I always seem to have those each year, but yeah, he was definitely the best one, I'd say. Look. I don't know if I would have picked him to be, you know, that sole position fullback in my team. He was just a really good, hardworking sort of player that fit really well into the center wing position and just gave me that coverage if I needed to, or if I found a really good center wing, maybe late in the season, I would swap him out. But hey, um, now I reckon he wouldn't go as high as I would have thought. If he kept that DPP, I reckon me and you will be all over it within the first couple of rounds. But, you know, we'll have to be wary with the West Tigers and him fitting to that sort of um, team, I guess. Yeah, it's a great point. You know, he was a value pick last year because he was the jewel and obviously he was a bit unknown this year. There's so many good fullbacks. I think everyone now, because a couple of people have lost their jewel, everyone's going to get a fullback this year. Uh, like how Rule Kennedy and Dan Laurie dropped last year. I think you'll have that again this year. So there'll be some good talent there. But two more here in the loss column. Victor Radley has been a second row hooker for a couple of years now. He loses the hooker coverage, only second row. He is a good second row when he's when the Roosters are firing. But again, and same like same like James Fisher, just give you that flexibility to push up into the hooker role uh, whenever needed. So that is a bit of a hit there. Yeah, I picked him up hoping he would have hit something, you know, to the heights that he did in previous years. But I think with all the those sort of injuries, look, we would expect him to have, you know, took a step back a bit and Tedesco's taking that step up. But I think towards the end, end of the season, he did do a little bit more. But I don't know. I think at this point, I'm starting to accept that regardless of position, he may not be as the, the top echelon sort of players that we all expect him to be in Supercoach. Yeah, 100%. And the last one to lose a jewel here is Mab. Matt Burden for me is honestly the one where he was a very nice, flexible jewel. Any, any jewel that can swing between the halves, you have to love because for me, that's where you've got all the flexibility and, you know, you can grab a halfback, you know, keep him on the bench and attach them. You can switch between 5'8 and halfback. He is now a 5'8 only. He loses the halfback, which for me 
probably better to use the 5-8. It's the, it's the lesser of the positions. There's a lot less depth in the 5-8 position, but it is a big loss, especially when he was going to have a primed role of the dogs. Yeah, I just really hope this isn't a Kyle Flanagan experiment 2.0 again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think from what we've seen, even in the Penrith system, the way he was able to stand out in a system like that, I think he is going to go a really long way. Um, I think if he just continues to play with that sort of confidence, I don't I don't think that sort of loss in DPP will make too much of a difference. He's going to go really early in the in the sort of um, drafts. 100%. Now, mate, we'll move on to the new dual positions because this is where obviously all the excitement comes in of, you know, new names that we thought would get the dual and they have got it. So I'll breeze through a couple of names here of players that, you know, nice to know, but probably later in drafts and especially in classic so Cohen Hess goes to a second front row and a front row. So he's got a nice front row duel there. You've got Tyro Sloan, who's got a center wing fullback. Jake Granville, who's got a fullback hooker. You've got Amone, who is a center wing half 5'8". Josh Kerr, who is a second row front row. Jaden Sullivan, who is a 5'8 hooker. And Michael Cheekham, who is a second row center. So it does leave some very interesting names here. Let's start with Blake Taff. So last year he was a 5'8 only. He now moves into a halfback fullback. And he's primed to have a very nice, he probably will get the first crack at the number seven jersey this year, partnering Cody Walker at the Rabbits. Very nice duel there, halfback fullback. Yeah, definitely. And um, uh, I'm not too sure with Adam Reynolds gone, is he going to be the one taking over kicking duties? Do you think, Matt? Oh, look, I think Latrell, um, if he wants it, I think it's his. He's probably mm. the more experienced kicker, but I could definitely see, you know, if Latrell has any lower leg injuries, you can see Taft just walking in there because he did strike him pretty well uh, when he needed to last year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, halfback, fullback would be really sweet, but I still think he's still very young. I think he would be a really good sort of stash on the bench and it'll help you cover those sort of two positions. Oh, I couldn't agree. I think um, that if you, if you can get like a Blake Taff in, you know, round, again, it depends on how great your draft is, but if you can get him like anywhere from like round nine to 12 and you can stash a starting Rabideau player, halfback, fullback, and you can still bank, you know, a premier halfback and fullback, I think you're laughing. So that's a good one. The next one, we've got a couple of uh, center wing fullbacks here. So Jordan Rapana and Bailey Simonson. Jordan Rapana, obviously on the wing for the Raiders this year, Bailey Simonson probably on the wing for the Eels this year. So any thoughts on those two guys? I mean, I remember when we saw Barry Simonson, you know, on our sort of free agents. And then when he started playing fullback, we were both, you know, frothing trying to get him because as you mentioned, he did play fullback in his sort of under, when he was in the younger sort of um, grades. And he really did step it up when he was at the Raiders. Look, Again, it's the same situation of is are they worthy enough to take that sort of fullback position role? I don't think they are, sorry, in your super coach team, look, I don't think so. I think they're very high rate working center wings. And if they do get a fullback position role, potentially if there's an injury in their respective teams, they'll be perfect. Just chuck them in. 100%. Murata Kore is next. Uh, I do mention him because, again, we do love our second rows into the center. There is a path where you could potentially start uh, or, you know, be first injury cover. So Murata Kore is one to watch there. But moving on to the, I think these are the premier five here. So we'll start off with Ewan Aiken. Uh, he has now moved into a second row center. So he was a center only last year. We did see what he did on the edge last year, turned in a little bit of a base stack god. Uh, definitely, I think, one that we'll both have our eye on this year, especially if he does get a starting edge spot. 
Yeah, I think that's the issue. Like you said, Matt, is would, are you willing to risk one of your higher positions to get you an Aiken, but then potentially, you know, new Kure coming in? You know, there's so many other, um, you know, uh, second front rows that could be taking his position because, as you mentioned before, he only just started that role. He may have just been filling for injuries. We just don't know how the Warriors are going to work, particularly through a preseason. So, you know what? I'm I'm a risk taker. I, I'm willing to bank that he he's going to lock it down, and I, I, I'll take the risk if I need to. Yeah, you've got guys like uh, on that edge. You've got Alicia Katoa, you've got Tohu Harris, you've got Josh Curran, Jack Murchie, Ben Murdoch, Masilla. There's quite a few edge players in that Warriors side, but yeah, I think. What you what he did at the end of last season, and then you factor in a guy like Sean Johnson coming over who loves to hit the hip of his of his second row player. It's going to be a fascinating watch there. But the next one is your boy Josh Schuster goes from a five eight mm. only into a second row five eight. It's a weird uh, duel that you don't normally see, but he's got so much talent. If he especially if he you know if he moves into the five eight slot for Kieran Four and a couple of times this year with no Cade cast. If he stays in the second row and just, you know, feeds off four or cherry Evans, it could be very, very valuable. And if he learns to open his eyes and look where he passes, maybe <laughs> he would actually land a couple and get a few tries. But, you know, let, let the man grow. Let the man figure out what needs to be done. I'm sure Desi knows what he needs to do. But, hey, it's one of those sort of awkward ones. Um, I don't think I've ever had that sort of, you know, opportunity before to jump between a five-eighth and second front row position. But, hey, who knows? This could be the start of, you know, multiple sort of DBPs like that and maybe it could open up new avenues. Yeah, to me, it's just, you know, it's any of those weird ones where you just get certain flexibility, like you can have when your gun second row is down, you can move him in from in from the five-eighth slot into the second row slot. It's just something that you haven't really been able to do. And he's that young. And like you said, he there were so many times he bombed, bombed twice this last year and just needed to throw the pass or put the kick through or keep, keep the ball in hand. He's going to get better with age and he was already scoring very, very well last year. So I'm excited for Josh Schuster this year. The next one, Stephen Crichton moves from a center to center to center fullback. Now I only mentioned because again, it looks like he is definitely from now the stand-in fullback for that Panther side. That Panther side should still be pretty good and does give you good flexibility where you can now kind of really start stacking um, very good plays in your, in your second, in your, center spot there yeah i mean it's it's the panthers uh, any sort of player you chuck in there you know other than i guess i'm guessing tyrone may before <laughs> um yeah so he, somewhere in that back line i'm sure they're, they're gonna score really well that dbp will just allow him to sort of just cover different positions and i think that gives really good sort of uh opportunities for you to fill up your your bench to um cover other more um valuable positions i guess all right the last two here that i've saved We'll go to Joey Manu first. So Joey Manu goes from a centre wing only to a centre wing fullback. Again, similar to Stephen Crichton, will be the first man in if Teddy is rested or injured. But yeah, I think for me, it gives you a real chance now to, you know, Joey Manu was going decently high last year in drafts, but for me now, there's going to be real interest now of Joey Manu. The ability to now flick and move around is going to be very enticing, especially during those buy and origin rounds. Yeah, I, I don't know who your number one sort of interesting position is, but for me, when I went through briefly through this list, Joey Amato was definitely the one that caught um, my eye. You know, even being a Manly supporter, I still have a really good feeling that, you know, the Roosters can really take out this year. They're really, you know, I don't think people are giving that enough credit, particularly with Trent Robinson at the helm. Uh, Joey Amato is just going to get better and better. And the way that he stood up in a team decimated injuries, I think now is going to be the year where he's going to be like, you know what, I've had enough. I'm just going to, you know, take it all the way. Yeah, couldn't agree more. But the player I did have above him 
is AJ Brimson from the Titans. So he was a 5 8 mm-hmm. only last year. Gets his fullback. He's got his fullback jewel that he had a couple of years ago. To me, fullback is a, is a is the scorers. It's where you win your comps. All of a sudden now you can now move him into the 5 8 slot and have two gun fullbacks in your in your rotation. You could potentially go a James Tedesco second overall and then have AJ Brimson, you know, round three or four starting fullback in your in your five eight slot there. To me, if the, the Titans are a bit of a mystery, but if they do perform the way that they, we think that they should be performing this year, all of a sudden you can have two premier fullbacks in your side, which is always to me the intriguing way to go. Yeah, I, I think it also comes down to where he's going to play. There's been talks of, you know, bench, you know, in the halves, fullback. Look, we don't know at this point, but if you're paying someone this much money and on that sort of long extension, he needs to be someone that's starting position. And I'm pretty sure you have in mind as well, Matt, that if he gets this, this halves position where he's got the ball, you know, in his hands, he can throw a decent pass and he's got speed to burn. He's going to put in a step and just just go through. We love We love halves that really love to run the ball. They get those sort of points for us. Yeah, I think for me, obviously, he's going to be in the line taking a lot of hits in defense now. So that is the one concern. He hasn't been able to be really durable for long periods of time. But yeah, they're tucking upside, you know, around, four, you know, if, if he's there, you know, around, if some people may have been burned from last year, get him around three, four, five, somewhere in that region. Um, you're absolutely laughing. So that would probably be mine. But let's finish off, Chris, with some key positional changes. These are some guys that had jewels or had, um, you know, a not a okay position spot, but now they're going to be interesting. So I'll start with Adam Dewey, your boy. So Adam Dewey last year was a fullback 5'8", this year 5'8", center. To me, it's just another premier option in the center because, again, similar to how you were saying, there's too many good fullbacks where you weren't going to play my fullback. All of a sudden now he can be one of your four wingers, uh, one of your four centers or in a very shallow 5'8 slot. Yeah, and people seem to forget there are four center wing positions that need to be filled. So if anything, that needs to be you know, the most cover in my opinion. And if someone can cover like Adam Dewey, they can be jumped over or even to the 5'8", like you said, to the other most valuable position. Look, you, you're, you're cheering, you can get Adam Dewey if he keeps going with his form. Yeah. One that hurts is Xavier Savage from the Raiders. I had real high hopes for him this year. He could stay fit. Uh, he was a center only last year, but he moved to fullback only, which basically makes him undraftable now because even at the Raiders, probably chance is the fullback if you are going to draft. Uh, Raiders fullback, um, but yeah, he was one, especially later in the season last year when he did came on the scene. People were able to play him in the centers. That obviously goes now. Yeah, I mean, you, you hear it from us all the time, man. Move Charns into the center. Centers, come on. <laughs> we know who we need to flick. You know, Mr. Crocker needs to, you know, hang up those boots sooner than later. Move Charns there, and then we can get this Mr. Savage in. One hundred percent. A couple of just breeze through here. Kurt Mann was a five eight hooker, goes in a five eight center. Cody Nikarima was a halfback 5'8", moves into hooker halfback. Connor Tracy goes from a halfback 5'8", to a 5'8", center. And I want to talk about these last two here. So Connor Watson is first. He was a 5'8", hooker last year. He moves into second row hooker. So he now moves into Brandon Smith, Victor Radley territory. And in that Roosters team, I don't know. To me, he is so interesting because if he's the 14, and especially if he, you know, if there's any injuries or suspensions to... Victor Adley, Connor Tracy, you know, starting a hooker or a second row as the third second row on my team. I love that. Yeah, I just hope they don't do what they did at the Knights where they would they would list him, you know, as a starting lock, but then switch him over. And then, I don't know, it just causes too much confusion. I just hope 
Trent Robinson doesn't do too many of those shifty sort of moves and really give us super coach players a chance to really isolate what he can do. Well, I think for me that the thing that I'm watching is Sam Verrills is not the answer. Uh, mm. I think that's been pretty proven. I think the Dolphins have been on the radar to try and get Sam Verrills to 23. And it will not, yeah, and else. It will not surprise <laughs> me one little bit if by round seven, Connor Watson is starting in the nine jersey. And if that happens, mm. all of a sudden, if you did a cheeky round 13 pickup in your draft, you could be looking at a little bit of a, a little bit of a game changer there because Connor Watson, we've seen him when he gets 60 plus minutes in a good side in an attacking position, he can, he can win you around. Yeah. His, his attacking upside is just through the roof and defensively he, he goes looking for those tackles. Um, And like you said, if Sam Verrills really is on the outer, yeah, Watson's Watson's got that nine all over. Last one here to talk about is my boy Nick Hines. Uh, so he was a fullback center last year. Moves into a fullback halfback. Now, did I love him having him in the centers? Absolutely. He was able to be, you know, again, you have to feel four of those positions. But again, with how, especially at the end of last season, with a lot of injuries and suspensions, halfback became pretty barren. Uh, you still have the option to put him in there at fullback if you do want to play him a fullback. I think for me, he's still going to be a very high draft pickup, even with the change of jewel there. Yeah, uh, would you? You would probably plug him in the halves, wouldn't you, Matt? I, I would draft him as a halfback. Because again, if I'm if I'm in the first round, there is you know potentially six to seven fullbacks that I do like in that first round, and I'd like to I'd like to get the premier fullback and then try and get Nick Hines in you know third fourth round, depending on how people are drafting. Yeah, very interesting time to come, Matt. Mate, it's 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 the time of the year where you know we've been, we've had you know a couple of months now without footy, which does suck. And you know, obviously, we're very close to getting some values announced. We did have our first one today. Your boy Tom Trevojevic breaking the all-time record, starting at one point two mil in SuperCoach. So that is uncharted territory. People will try and break their team to have him in round one. Uh, me personally. Right now, as of hearing that number at the top of my head, you have to start without him because that mm-hmm. break even is going to be too high at 1.2 and you'll start losing money. But then again, you know, he has five of the top 10 super coach scores of all time, four of them were last year. Do you want to really bet against Tommy Turbo? It's going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah, it, it just, it was like that time when uh, I think Jonathan Thurston as well was uh, one of the sort of top premiership sort of like players, you know, after winning. And then he started really high as well. And then people were just saying, do we need to have someone like him? It's just, it really comes down to, do you think he's worth it or not? So. Yeah. And when he probably scores 140 in the first game, you'll be kicking yourself if you don't <laughs> have him. So that's the way Supercoach. But Chris, we'll, we'll have you on as we always do more times because it's starting to heat up now. Supercoach. Prices will get dropped. Some team, some squad uh, announcements have been made. So everyone's got their full squad. So Supercoach will start building those plays into the app shortly, you'd say. So it's all going to be happening, mate. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, always having a good time on with you, Matt. No worries. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great day and hear from you soon. Cheers.